Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. And the other one I think we just won Best of Fest on. It's called the James Brown. So it's a fun, it's a fun fun name, right? So what it is, it's barbecue beef, layer of fried shrimp. Uh, we dress it, lettuce, tomato, uh, mayonnaise, and pickle. But in the mayo, there's always controversy who has the best hot, best hot sauce, crystal or Tabasco. So I put them both in the hot sauce uh, and, and put that on there. And then we put a little barbecue sauce on it and we fire pepper jack cheese on at the end, blowtorch it to order. Hello and welcome to Savor. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Louisiana-style hot sauce. Yeah, <laughs> because there's a lot of hot sauces in that area. Oh, there's a lot of hot sauces, period. Like, yeah. I mean, like around the world, there are many different styles of doing that thing. Um, yes. But certainly there, there are a few a few. A few, <laughs> shall we say. And that voice you heard at the top was Justin Kennedy of Parkway Bakery and Tavern. And he was talking about a sandwich that they made for Po' Boy Fest, which we attended. Um, and I, I love it. And I do agree that there is controversy and strong opinions. Oh, yes. This, mm. is, this is a thing that inspires many strong opinions. Which, which is better? Which should you use on different dishes? Which should you use in different dishes? Oh. These are the questions, the burning hot sauce questions. <laughs> um, yeah, so so we'll be talking about a few. We're, uh, we might mostly be talking about Tabasco, which some people wouldn't even say is technically a Louisiana-style hot sauce. I know. Um, but I guess I guess okay. This brings us to our question: Louisiana-style hot sauces. What are they? Well, um, 
They are a category of condiments that generally consist of a blend of vinegar, salt, seasonings, and a strained puree of roasted, ripened hot chili peppers. The the seasonings can vary greatly, but often include savory stuff like a garlic and celery seed. Uh, the sauce is often aged after bottling to let the flavors meld and the heat diffuse and, you know, out of the seeds throughout the sauce. Sometimes the peppers are aged before the sauce is put together. And by aged, I mean the peppers are fermented. You Usually like salt brine fermented for all y'all ferment nerds. So bacteria poop. Yeah. Um, in whatever case, the result is a tangy sauce that's savory and a little sweet and smoky and that can pack quite a bit of heat, like a couple drops can spice up a whole bowl of food. Or not, depending on your tolerance to capsaicin, which is the active ingredient, uh, so to say, in chili peppers. And the word chili derives from an Aztec word describing this genus of plants native to the Americas. Pepper comes from Christopher Columbus, who (laughs) called chilies peppers after tasting them and getting that sort of black pepper bite. Oh, that guy. Black pepper, by the way, gets its bite from a totally different chemical, uh, pepperine, or pepperine, perhaps. See our episode, A Prepper on Black Pepper, for more on that. But basically, uh, pepperine is a irritant of, of some particular nerves in your mouth and nose. Capsaicin, meanwhile, reads as hot to us. I mean, it's also an irritant, but it, but it reads as hot to us specifically because it lights up the same sensory nerves in your mouth um, and other mucous membranes, as some of us unfortunates have found out, um, that react to physical heat. Like, like your brain is literally saying to you, ow, get your tongue out of the fire. No brain. You heckin' smarto. <laughs> um, but yeah, since it's not actually damaging, like some people find that experience fun. Ugh, my little brother, he, like, trains himself. Oh, jeez. For hottest <laughs> things. Like, he'll come home and he'll take, like, a single bite of a chip and it's done for the rest of the day. But he's slowly building up. <laughs> All right. Whatever he's into. He is into that. He also did the Zaxby's challenge, which is not a challenge, I don't think, but he made it up. What is the Zaxby's challenge? Mm-hmm. Well... It is a challenge of my brother's creation, I suspect. <laughs> but Zaxby's has like 11 sauces, uh-huh. and they get progressively hotter and are accurately named, unlike, as I mentioned in another episode, a lot of sauces around Atlanta. But it eventually you get to like nuclear. Okay. Um, and so insane nuclear. Uh, and you just go up the scale and see, oh. see how far you can see get. See how far you can get? Okay. He like in a single it. In yeah. a single sitting or like— Nah. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, probably he did do that. That doesn't sound like something he wouldn't do, but <laughs> I think you can space it out a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of kind of going off of that. These yeah, these sauces can range from um, medium to like hot, uh, depending on the chilies used and the production method. You know, different species rank in at different uh, chunks of the uh, Scoville scale, and the seeds do tend to carry a lot of the heat, so if they're crushed and blended into the sauce, it'll get hotter. You can tone it down by removing them. And uh, yeah, Tabasco is a little hotter than most other sauces of this category commonly found on restaurant tables because most other table sauces are made from cayenne peppers, which are a varietal of the species Capsicum annum, and which are kind of medium hot. Uh, Tabasco is made from a varietal of a separate species, Capsicum frutescens, which are like hot, hot, 
it's related in the same species as the uh, piri piri pepper. Yeah. And apparently when they're ripe, their cell walls just kind of start breaking down, filling the insides of the pepper with juice. And they're real cute. What? Yeah. They're just these wee little like half inch things, something like 15 oh, millimeters. Yeah. Uh, so they're sometimes grown ornamentally. And I'm just delighted by the idea of this like like juice sack pepper. <laughs> That's how I read it described as. Juice sack pepper. Mm. <sighs> anyway, um, uh, so so yes, because of its heat, it is sometimes sometimes people go like, "Hey, that's not really Louisiana style because it's not made from cayenne." Well, I mean that is a fair point. I don't know which side I fall <laughs> on it, but I do accept <laughs> the point. <laughs> I from from my current research, I would venture to say that it's more in the production process, but. Ooh. But I don't know. Anyway, other differences among uh, sauces in this category include how much vinegar winds up on your palate and, like, how much sweetness from the peppers. And, yeah, this is where people start arguing about which is best. Right. Right. What about uh, nutrition? <laughs> please, please don't. Please don't eat enough hot sauce for it to have a nutritive impact on your diet, y'all. Super producer Dylan. <laughs> No, um, but I mean, okay, as as long as you don't experience ulcers or other like gastroenteronomic up- upset when you consume hot chilies and sauces made thereof, hot sauce is a good condiment for lots of folks to incorporate in their diets in that it packs a lot of flavor with a very low caloric load. Um, a teaspoonful weighing a little under five grams doesn't even contain a whole calorie. It does contain about 5% of your daily recommended intake of sodium. And of vitamin C. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the vinegar in these sauces doesn't just add flavor. It goes a long way in preserving the otherwise perishable ingredients in the hot sauce. So so a bottle kept closed will last, even at room temperature, of four years. Again, your mileage may vary based on how much you eat hot sauce. Um, I think we go through a bottle every, like, couple months in my house. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of hot sauces. I don't know how it happened, but I have so many different types. Um, so I don't think I will be running out of any anytime soon. Well, but we we all like hot sauce. We do. And by we, we mean we. Everybody. Humans. Yeah. And, and this office in particular, I have to say. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can't get enough of it, which we did touch on a little bit in our Sriracha episode when the Mickelhenic Company, the makers of Tabasco, debuted a sauce 20 times hotter than their regular sauce, and it was called Scorpion, by the way, in 2017. It sold out in hours. Hours. Yeah, in our office alone, um, we have so many hot sauce people with their own bottles of hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Um, It's what I gave Matt, Matt Frederick, from Stuff They Don't Want You to Know for Christmas a couple years ago. Oh. Yeah, I gave him a whole, like, array. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Strickland hosted a live hot sauce challenge in our break room a couple of years back. He's the host of Tech Stuff and a couple other things if you are if you haven't heard of him. And yeah, he brought in like 15 or 20 sauces uh, ranked from hypothetically least to hypothetically most hot and just turned the video on and went through the entire line. That's uh, a lot of hot sauces. Yeah, uh, producer Dylan and, uh, and the aforementioned Matt Frederick were in on it too. And uh, I came in somewhere around the middle because mm-hmm. uh, I shouldn't really eat capsicum anums, but uh, other species are basically okay. So anyway, yeah, by by the end, though, like, I genuinely felt like I was high. 
Yeah. You can still watch it. Um, it's on the How Stuff Works Facebook page. You can go there and click over to, like, the video tab and search for Hot Sauce Face-Off. Yeah. Our our boss at the time was trying to talk to me after the video, and I was just like, dude, I can't do right now. <laughs> I need to go sit down. It's kind of like our chip fiasco. Oh, the chip fiasco was different. That was we, – we got I – th- I know we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. We got one of those um, – Carolina Reaper. Carolina Reaper chips that comes in like a single chip pack <laughs> in a in coffin a coffin shaped box. <laughs> yes. And it's quite warm. Um but I mean like like I I felt the pain of that one, but I didn't feel like mm. it wasn't like psychoactive. Okay, I see. Yeah. That is a lot. That is a lot. It was. Um, however, hot sauce is not just for melting your face off. What? I know. Uh, when we were over at Broussard's interviewing the uh, general manager there, one Rebecca Chapman, she mentioned that they put a little crystal in their aioli and a little Tabasco in their uh, Bernays. Oh, I like that. Yeah. All of this hot sauce love amounted to $1.37 billion in the U.S. alone in 2017. From 2000 to 2016, the American market grew by 150%. Analysts don't think the industry is slowing down anytime soon either. They also think it has to do with people of all ages being more willing to try new food experiences. Until 1994, McElhenney only sold its original product, but that means that there's been so much room for expansion and there still is so much room for new products. Yeah, McElhenney's market share now is 17.1%, which is the largest in the U.S. if we're looking at these hot sauces. But the market is pretty fragmented. They produce 750,000 bottles a day. They ship to 187 countries and bottle in 22 dialects and languages. Yeah, that's just Tabasco brand. Yes, just Tabasco. The peppers to make that much sauce are grown throughout Central America and in parts of Africa. 10 million pounds of peppers annually. For that brand. It sounds like a really challenging business, like especially at that scale. As you may have noticed yourself, any given two peppers of the same variety that you like buy at the store might have wildly different heat levels. Um, So every batch has to be very carefully quality controlled. That does sound tricky. Every year, Crystal processes 12 million gallons of cayenne pepper mash for 3 million gallons of Crystal hot sauce that end up in 75 different countries. Peppers Unlimited Incorporation, the uh, current producers of Bullyards, can produce over 100,000 gallons of bulk sauce per day. They're producers, by the way, mostly for bulk purchasers, uh, food service industry, including like government operations all around the world. It's a really fascinating like market segment. They reformulated for overseas customers, all kinds of stuff like that. Here's a really specific number. The number on the bottom of Tabasco bottles. Every bottle has one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just quality control, the mold number used to create oh. the bottle. Huh. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, theories about it, and then the answer is sort of kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, and just everybody's prosaic. Like, Come like, on. Well, yeah. <laughs> it might have deeper meaning. It could. Get it could. stuff they don't want you to know on this. We should. I mean, Matt would be very happy, as we've already alluded oh, to. to yeah. Um, 720, that's how many drops of Tabasco you'll get from a two-ounce bottle, which comes out to about 12 teaspoons. The recommended shelf life is five years. And here is another another number, one, because apparently as of 2009, McElhenney is the only non-British food company that has a royal warrant. What? 
And if you're wondering what is what, what that means, I was too. It means that Tabasco is the official hot sauce of the queen. She has an official hot sauce. <laughs> I, you know what? I can have an official hot sauce too. You can. You don't have to be royalty. I, I, I'm going to think about this. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can also find Tabasco on Air Force One and on the International Space Station. They partner with plenty of other brands, too, from A1 to Heinz to Jelly Belly to Sriracha. Ooh. Intrigue. Know. That is intrigue, isn't it? I don't know. I, I, it, depends <laughs> on, it depends on how they're partnering, I suppose. Ooh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, Guam actually beats the U.S. in Tabasco consumption per capita by, like, a lot. Um, we come in second, four ounces per capita compared to 0.75 ounces per capita oh, in the United States. Wow. So, yeah, like a lot. Yeah. That's great. I know. Go Guam. Go Guam. Oh, and uh, Crystal has exclusive rights to aged peppers shipped from Chihuahua, Mexico. Yes. That's how they get their stock. <laughs> Louisiana has more than its fair share of hot sauces. Louisiana style is a category of the sauces, which we've been talking about, but it's pretty wide adaptable category, um, like a lot of foods in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hot sauce empires owned within families and passed from generation to generation. We passed more than one hot sauce bar in New Orleans, and super producer and hot sauce fiend Dylan kept bringing them up. In what I think he thought was a nonchalant way. Like studiedly nonchalant. Yeah. Yeah. But by the 14th time, we were like, (laughs) Dylan, we see through you, man. (laughs) (laughs) The state touts their hot sauces with a sense of pride. Sometimes going as far to say they invented it in this country. Mm -hmm. In 2016, Thrillist and three New Orleans firefighters put 15 different types of Louisiana hot sauces to the test. From Bayou Butt Burner... Louisiana's pepper sauce, Louisiana brands, the perfect hot sauce, tiger sauce, and D-A-T, dat sauce, uh, to Tabasco's classic pepper sauce and crystal, which crystal won. Yeah, there are a lot of local brands. Hungry Hogs, Slap Your Mama, Frogbone, Try Me. C'est bon, uh, Thibs, Bouillards, Panola, Trappies, Cajun Power, Cajun Chef. Uh, some of them are fairly new on the market, but some have been around for a century or more. Wow. Everyone and every region has a favorite. Uh, I grew up in a Tabasco household, but we did have Crystal, too. And kind of like you said, depending on what you're eating, that was the hot sauce that you would use. Mm -hmm. Hot sauces have fans. There's merch, again, like Sriracha, great example. Um, Or the Cult of Crystal Hot Sauce, which is the official hot sauce of the New Orleans Saints, the football team. I don't think I don't think my dad really dug very spicy foods, so I don't think I really oh, started experimenting really? with hot sauce until I was older. Man, yeah. Well, I've mentioned before, my dad was—we called him the condiment king because he would come <laughs> out and he would just place like ten condiments on the table, like we'd have to wait for him before we could start. Like, how many condiments is he gonna get today? But yeah, I currently have at least eleven hot sauces in my house, different types. Oh yeah, we've got oh goodness, I'd say five, maybe about five. Gotta have your variety. You do, you do. My my favorite are generally the habanero ones. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah, but still basically within this style. <laughs> anyway. Um, also, just want to mention, because anytime I can bring up Beyonce, why not? Um, <laughs> after her song Formation came out, 
with this, the line, I got hot sauce in my bag. Once again, like Red Lobster, hot sauce experienced a little bit of a bump. Oh, yeah. The Beyonce bump. The Beyonce bump. That's lovely. Oh, it goodness. Is. I think it's a thing that we can all agree on is making sure that you have hot sauce just <laughs> in case of hot sauce emergency. You never know when a hot sauce emergency will strike. True. True. But this about brings us to the history. But first, it brings us to a quick break forward from our sponsor. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Well, hot sauces, they go, they go way back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been into this for a while. <laughs> um, Columbus observed the indigenous peoples of the Americas using chilies to make sauce in 1493. Which, again, he either thought were related to peppercorns or he just stole that name from them. Sure. Mayans, the Aztec, Incas all use chilies and often, at first, as medicinal, a remedy for all kinds of things. But people did just straight up enjoy them, too, um, mixed in with food or drink. At the same time, cooks from West Africa had a long history of adding pungent, piquant spices to dishes like pepper. When European traders introduced chilies from the New World to West Africa during the 1500s and 1600s, they were widely embraced to palates already used to some spice in their foods. Enslaved Africans arriving to the Americas observed the indigenous population eating the chilies as well. In one account from 1700 Jamaica, the author wrote that, quote, Indians and blacks made a pickle of salt, vinegar, and chilies, specifically cayenne, to treat a handful of tropical diseases. 
1882, a pharmacist in North America might prescribe gargling hot sauce if you were having trouble with your throat, mouth, or stomach. And for a long time, that's what hot sauce was for, for well-off white people. Medicine, not food. In fact, eating it was viewed as vulgar because it went against the French ideal of a balance of seasonings and flavors. So, of course, it was associated with poor people, with immigrants, with enslaved people. One person, though, saw a business opportunity here. Inter-Irish immigrant, entrepreneur, and slave owner Colonel Monzel White. During the 1840s, a cholera epidemic racked the lower Mississippi Valley, killing thousands. White had long observed slaves using cayenne chilies on their foods, and since chilies did have this medicinal reputation, he thought maybe he could use them to cure this cholera epidemic. In particular, he wanted to give a new pepper to him, new to him anyway, a try, one that had arrived to the U.S. from Mexico after the conclusion of the Mexican-American War from 1846 and 1848. It was called Tabasco. That that Tabasco? Yes, that Tabasco. <laughs> Tabasco is a state in Mexico. Um, it is unclear whether this variety of peppers actually comes from there, but yeah, the name, that that was the name they were given. Yes, And Colonel White planted and cultivated the Tabasco in place of the easier-to-grow and more plentiful cayenne peppers. And after conducting medicinal trials, the particulars of which are lost to time, (laughs) he believed Tabasco was a viable way to hold back the cholera epidemic. And he shared his findings around Tabasco with other folks in Louisiana. Because Tabasco did not yield as much as cayenne, and it was much more difficult of a crop, White decided the best way to get the most out of it was to use it in a sauce. And people seemed to dig it, and he started bottling and selling this Tabasco sauce. Legend goes he carried his hot sauce with him when he went to restaurants in New Orleans, which I think is a very clever (laughs) marketing technique, if true. White died in 1863, but the Tabasco-based hot sauce certainly did not. It was the number one type of hot sauce in Louisiana. Bottles of it started lining grocery store shelves with a pretty hefty price tag. Spice tag? (laughs) A large part of this was due to the birth and success of the Mickelhenny Tabasco brand Pepper Sauce Empire in 1868. So yeah, the Mickelhenny Empire... Once the Civil War had ended, Edmund McElhenney set up shop on Avery Island, Louisiana. And this is a pretty fascinating place. It's not an island like in the Gulf or in the middle of a river. Uh, Rather, it's this raised bit of earth on top of a salt deposit in the middle of wetlands. Uh, I read that it's 165 feet above sea level, which is the highest point on the Gulf Coast, and that researchers think that the salt deposit goes as far deep into the earth as Mount Everest is high. What? I know. So, yeah, so yeah, that's cool. But anyway, um, the the island was owned by the Avery family, uh, Edmund's in-laws. He had been a banker before the Civil War, but uh, the South wasn't really in, like, dire need of bankers during Reconstruction. Yeah. Yeah. And the sugar plantation that the Averys had been running before the war was pretty much destroyed by, honestly, probably both armies um, as they collected salt from the island. So he started growing Tabasco. And fermenting them into a spicy sauce. It had three ingredients, peppers, vinegar, and salt harvested from Avery Island salt mines. Age the peppers 30 days, then mix in with vinegar and salt, and age the result in stone jars for another 30 days. Then you put the final product in old cologne bottles, which was great because it controlled the amount um, of sauce for Americans with sensitive palates. 
possibly in new cologne bottles. Either way. <laughs> I hope it's old ones, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great either way. Um, he thought it was pretty good and that perhaps he could make some money off the sauce. The commercial hot sauce was, like, literally non-existent at the time. In 1868, Edmund McElhenney sent samples to grocers in New Orleans and along the Gulf Coast, selling 650 bottles of his Tabasco hot sauce. In 1870, he patented the process of making it. And it grew from there. One of the trash dumps on the island from back in those days later became an archaeological site run by the University of Alabama. Oh, that's so (laughs) cool. There's so many cool things in this episode. All right. Uh, Meanwhile, according to Bulliard's brand, theirs was the very first commercially sold cayenne pepper sauce uh, of this style, and it debuted in 1910. Uh, This business is still family-owned, a fourth generation now, and still made in St. Martinville, which is out near Lafayette, uh, a little bit north of Avery Island. Apparently, they've got another huge pepper farm out there. The Sebon brand um, originated in the same town about 30 years later, made of a blend of three peppers by one Elida Trahan, a uh, Cajun woman who later moved her family and her brand out to East Texas. But uh, a bit before that, in 1920, Frank's Red Hot Sauce made its debut, the product of a collaboration between the Frank Tea and Spice Company, uh, the founder of that, Jacob Frank, and a pepper farmer from New Iberia, one Adam Estelette. Uh, see our Wings episode for more on where that one went to. Let's talk about crystal hot sauce now. Okay. The year 1923. Ah. Alvin Balmer, a descendant of German immigrants who had settled in New Orleans after the Civil War, had just met Mildred Bacher. Mildred was the daughter of rich businessman and real estate broker around about New Orleans, and Alvin was looking for work. He had been a bartender and an employee at a local hardware store. Alvin asked Mildred's father for a personal loan, which he was granted and used to purchase a snowball syrup producer, Mills Fruit Products. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's going to make sense, I promise. (laughs) Um, Alvin was looking around the new digs, and lo, in a drawer, he found a recipe. What was it for? Hot sauce. (laughs) If it hadn't been for that, I would have been very confused. (laughs) It was for snow cones. Probably, probably. But what a find. What a find. It was apparently the perfect recipe. Apparently. History made. They dubbed the hot sauce Crystal. It wasn't the only product under his belt. He moved away from snowball syrups and into canned goods like shrimp and okra and jellies. As we move into the 1940s, Alvin renamed the company Balmer Foods Incorporated. And during World War II, almost all of his preserved goods went to soldiers. With the end of the war, Crystal really started to take off. Meanwhile, Louisiana hot sauce, like the brand, there's a brand that is called that thing. Uh, They started up uh, out of New Iberia in 1928. Um, It's also just a bit north of Avery Island. Post-Civil War, African-Americans migrating from the South brought their hot sauces with them. The oldest known bottle of hot sauce was discovered in Virginia City, Nevada in 2002 in what was left of a black-owned saloon. It was 150 years old. To this day, Tabasco-based hot sauces cost more than cayenne-based hot sauces, which makes sense if it's more finicky to grow. Also, Mickelhenny now ages their pepper mash in barrels for three years before mixing and bottling. And also, also, <laughs> the barrels they use are whiskey barrels. 
That is so cool. Oh, more. Oh, man, more byproduct from the from the whiskey industry. Got to do something with those barrels. Right. Uh, they do remove the top layer, though. So like there's, the char. Right. Yeah. So there's no whiskey flavoring in their hot sauce. Yeah. The barrels are used over a period of 50 years before they are retired. Oh, wow. I like to think you have like a little ceremony. Oh, yeah. Thank you, barrel Thank you, name. barrel. <laughs> <laughs> There's some kind of do a barrel roll Star Fox joke in there, but oh, it'll come to me later. In the 1940s, uh, Tabasco plants in some parts of the United States were hit by a virus that was spread by aphids, uh, the tobacco etch virus. It causes welting and, and plant death. And... By the end of the 1950s, some producers were afraid they would have to stop growing Tabasco peppers entirely for fear of, like, total crop loss. But some pretty awesome cross-genetic research would fix the issue over the next, like, decade or so. Um, and also an unrelated rot issue at the same time. Science! Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, researchers crossbred Tabasco peppers with a couple varietals of uh, Capsicum chinese the species that uh, habanero is in. And they kept working the plants together over generations and generations until they came up with something almost, but not quite the same in, like, flavor and color and texture as the original Tabasco pepper. It is called green leaf Tabasco. Huh. Mm -hmm. In an effort to protect Avery Island from hurricanes, a threat that has almost wiped them out before, the Mickelhenny Company built a 17-foot, or about 5 meters, levy. Apparently, if you tour their facility, they will let you taste the fermenting pepper mash from those barrels, um, which is full strength at around 40,000 Scoville units. Um, finished Tabasco is diluted around like one to three pepper mash to vinegar, um, down around to like 2,500 to 5,000 Scoville Ooh. units. So, um, yeah, if you, if you do it, um, and they recommend you spit it out, no one is recommending that you swallow that, um, they will give you a necklace that has a spoon on it that is engraved with the initials N-S-A-O-N-S-S-S, uh, the not-so-ancient order of the not-so-silver spoon. <laughs> oh, I want to do it so badly now. <laughs> and, uh, and the parts of the peppers that they do not use in the sauce don't all go to waste. Um, they sell byproduct to a pharma company that makes, like, pepper spray and other oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. oh. Hurricane Katrina flooded the plant that produced Crystal, and it took months before they were able to produce hot sauce again and two years before they set up a new plant. They're now in Reserve, Louisiana, which is a comfy nine feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, by the way, the um, third-generation bomber to take over Crystal's operations was Alvin Balmer III, nicknamed Pepper when he was still in the womb by his other grandmother, Dottie Brennan, one of the original proprietors of Commander's Palace. It all comes together. Oh, small town, small town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Tabasco is on its seventh-generation um, McElhenney manager. Wow. Yeah. Hot sauce empires. Hot sauce empires. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I want my own hot <laughs> yeah. sauce empire. You just, you, need to <laughs> you just went to a place that was like, I just watched you go somewhere. It was, it, was like a, it was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but with hot sauce. I wonder if I could partner with Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island Ooh. and produce <laughs> the sauce, the peppers from there. It'll be... Um, Oh, spoilers. It'll be werewolf themed. Um, 
I wonder uh, how, like, what what's the <laughs> avenue I could take to work with this old Scooby-Doo movie hardly anyone saw to produce a tie-in sponsored hot sauce? I, you know, I believe in you, Annie. I think that if anyone can do it, it's you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Laura. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think this is a very worthwhile effort to put my time in. <laughs> Agree, 20,000%. I got to get third eye blind in on it, too. (laughs) All right. Well, we've got a little bit more for you, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. (laughs) Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Apple Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. <coughs> That's what the sound I make when I've had a hot sauce that's too spicy. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but that's the sound that I make. <laughs> <laughs> so when your throat is like, no. Like, nope, 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 not swallowing this. <laughs> you fool, you fool. Sonova <laughs> wrote, I love cake. And one year, several years back, my husband asked what I wanted for my birthday. We were super broke at the time, so I told him all I wanted was for someone else to get me birthday cake. I didn't care who or how, but I didn't want to bake it, order it, pick it up, or buy it myself. A day or two later, he texts me to tell me that his mother wants to make my birthday cake, and he asked me what kind I would like. I think about it for a few and then text back essentially the following— I would like either lemon cake with lemon frosting, vanilla cake with chocolate frosting, or white cake with custard filling from Costco. Time passes, and on my birthday, my in-laws show up for cake and games. My mother-in-law, who I adore, in case it doesn't sound like it, hands me a cake carrier and tells me, It's a little strange, but I made just what you asked for. I hope it turned out. Lemon cake with custard filling and chocolate frosting. Wow. Wait, what? (laughs) 
To this day, my husband swears he copied and pasted my text message to her. We all got a huge laugh out of it, and the cake wasn't as bad as it sounds, though I won't be requesting it again. I love it. Uh, That's definitely a cake to remember. Yeah. Hey, I would try it. Oh, I would definitely try it. <laughs> you never know. Sometimes flavor oh, combinations, sure. you hear them and you're like, no. Yeah. But you try it. Lemon and chocolate do go well together. It's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the custard. Yeah, that's that's what's throwing me. <laughs> but we <sighs> would try it. Yes. Uh, Caleb wrote, it's January 1st. The house is littered with the flotsam and jetsam of decades-old bacchanalia. I didn't intend to wake up here. And yet I know that right here and right now is the perfect place for me to be. After all, isn't that the magic of New Year's Eve? Wherever you are at the proverbial end of the world, you are, for better or worse, exactly where you're supposed to be. Every decision you have made up until this moment all year long led you to stand in your friend's kitchen at 8.30 a.m. on January 1st, a little dizzy, a little pantsless. Suddenly, these leftover food plates and streamers and tipped cups are not detritus, but installation art a micro-time capsule honoring the memory of what we certainly don't remember, clues to the puzzle of the ever-present morning-after question. Everything was where it was supposed to be, including the eight bottles of half-finished champagne. Shit. Never being someone who likes to see good alcohol go to waste and refusing to dump good money down the drain, I glanced around the kitchen and saw that bent yellow box sitting on the top shelf of the pantry. A box of bisquick. I thought to myself, why not pancakes? A bowl, a pour, a glug, and a whisk, and voila, champagne cakes. But why stop there? What goes great with champagne? Oranges. What goes great with pancakes? Fruity jam-like things. An orange compote to crown these beauties like a laurel wreath on Dionysus's curly head. And because I like to say the word compote... I gather all of the spent orange slices on the counter and old plates, the peels and dried garnishes. I grab fresh oranges from the fridge and ginger and the last ladle of the mold-spiced wine sitting in the crock pot from the night before. I grab them all and some sugar, and in the pot they go, like the last tunes of a Mardi Gras parade, disappearing out of sight as the last music of celebration fades away and the quiet air fills with electricity. Maybe it was the last remnants of elation, of not wanting to let the night end, Maybe it was realizing that it's January 1st and there's nothing but potential ahead of you and the party doesn't have to end. Maybe it was because I hadn't had any coffee yet. Whatever it was, it was delicious. And that's how I started my New Year's Day tradition of mimosa pancakes on New Year's. It is a brand new year full of amazing potential. Carpe diem and eat your mimosas. That's beautiful. It's really lovely. <laughs> also, champagne cakes. Champagne cakes. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta get in on this. I'm very curious as to how it works out, but I gotta get in on it. <laughs> That's. I'm wondering about that compote. <laughs> um, this does sound like like New Year's. That. Oh but, yeah. yeah no, it. that took me to a place. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> Yeah. It's lovely. Please send all food, yeah. <laughs> food poetry, and writings our way. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can do so at our email. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. If you're more into short form, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. And that's why I noticed for the first time, and this was uh, this happened multiple times for our trip, 
crystal hot sauce. That yes. was the hot sauce everywhere. Yeah. And I've looked in multiple grocery stores since I've gone back, and I haven't seen it anywhere yet. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Dylan, for those of you who don't know, is a pretty big hot sauce aficionado. I love hot sauce, yeah. Yeah. It was a good town for hot sauce, for sure. It was. There were hot sauce tasting bars. We did not get to go to any, but they no. exist. <laughs> yeah, we kept passing by, and every time Dylan, like, kind of made, you made this, like, noise, sort of like when you see a good dog. I would go... <laughs> Hot sauce tasting bar. <laughs> and I'm like, Dylan, we've got to go. <laughs> like it was the first time I saw it. Every time, the <laughs> hot sauce tasting bar. Huh. We know you were just trying to convince us to go in there. <laughs> we saw right through your ploy, Dylan. Five days. It's just. I mean, we did so much, and there was still so much to do. It. You could. It'd take a month to get through New Orleans. <laughs> Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.